Psalm 42. And I want to read the first two verses and then try to give you what's on my heart tonight if the Lord will help us for just a a few minutes in the Word of God. Uh, Psalm 42 and verse number 1, As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I, I don't guess that this would be considered a, a Thanksgiving message or there's a lot of scriptures that we could read about being thankful. Of course, the Word of God is full of scriptures about uh, being thankful for where we are and what we have and being thankful for everything. There is a verse that says that. Then there's also a verse where Paul said to be thankful in everything. And uh, there are plenty of scriptures concerning that. But this is where uh, the Lord uh, stirred my heart toward. And I'm interested tonight in verse number 1 where uh, the psalmist here, and we don't know exactly who it is that's writing. We do know in the heading that it's written for uh, the sons of Corinth. So it's for those boys that uh, their father perished in the rebellion against Moses, the man of God, and and all of the psalms or the songs or the uh, the scriptures written for the sons of Korah are always psalms or uh, songs that stir toward encouragement or uh, that deal with the reality that there are some dark times and some hard places that we go through, but thank God there is help in the Lord in every area, in every situation, in every circumstance that we find ourselves in. Here in the scripture, the psalmist says, as the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. And my heart began to be stirred, the Lord began to deal with me out of verse number one. And I want to preach just a little while tonight, if God would be my helper and you'd pray for me on the water brooks. That's where my heart is, uh, 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 the water brooks. Now I got to looking up and there's a lot of uh, things in this scripture that uh, a lot of words that we uh, uh, don't use very much today in our language. The word heart is here and of course uh, we understand that that's a deer. That's what we would call it. And uh, then the brook. We don't use that word a whole lot. We hear it kind of from time to time, but I got to looking up the word brook, and this is the definition of a brook. It's a small stream that is most often found in a valley. And the Lord began to stir my heart toward the fact that it is in the valley that you find the brook. And so here the writer is saying, as the heart, as the deer, panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. And if that's not a clear enough picture, in verse number two, he carries on and he says, my soul thirsteth for God. I begin to think about the water brooks and the times in the Word of God when the brook is mentioned or a brook is mentioned in the Word of God and what the people that were in the Scripture and at the brook or found themselves there at the brook, what they found when they were there. And I began to read and there are many places that we could go to and I 
of the Lord dealt with my heart about four that I want to mention just quickly tonight and then I'll let you go. But it seems to me that everywhere you read in the Bible that somebody found themselves at the brook, they always seemed to find what they needed from the Lord at the brook. And sometimes I feel like in our lives when we go through the valleys, we often spend the majority of our time while we're in the valley wishing that we could get out of the valley but oftentimes in the valley God has a brook for you and for me and we can find what we need while in the valley at the brook I begin to think about here in the scripture that we read tonight. Uh, uh, I mean, just literally speaking, the Bible said, uh, as the heart panted after the water books, uh, and so I'm glad to say tonight, you can find water at the book. Uh, now, what was going on here is uh, uh, there are some dry places that we go through in our lives. Now, I'm not talking about physically, I'm talking about spiritually. There's some dry times in my life and in yours and many of the times that we go through these dry times we find that we're in the valley but thank God there's a brook in the valley and we can find some water to bring us through the dry times that we experience in our lives. Not only are there dry times when we need the water, but there are times when we're in distress from the enemy. And that's the picture that's being painted here. A deer that's been pursued, been hunted after, that's run and it's panting for water. And the psalmist said, my soul is thirsty. He's going to go on and talk about being pursued by his enemy and being in darkness and being in trouble. And he said, what I need in this this time is a fresh drink from you, O oh God. Now I'm glad in the dry places in our lives. I'm glad when we feel like we're in distress or discouragement or despair because of the works of the enemy, when we feel surrounded, compassed about, and we don't know where to go and we don't know what to do, I'm glad even in the valley times of our life that we can find a brook where there's some water for us to drink. There have been plenty of times in my life, and I'm sure you'd be honest and say there have been plenty of times in your life, spiritually speaking, that you needed just a good drink of water. That is what the Bible said. It said as a cold water to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. And I'm telling you, there have been some days that my soul's been dry. There have been some days I've been discouraged. There have been some days I've felt like being pursued by the enemy. Like there wasn't nothing I could do to shake it. It was just there. When you got up in the morning, the presence of the enemy was real. When you went about your day, his presence was real. When you went home, his presence was real. When you went to bed, his presence was real. And you just felt like you couldn't get away and couldn't get fast enough away. But I'm glad even in those times, there's some water at the book. The psalmist said, my soul is thirsting for God. He said, there's nothing else that'll fix me at this moment but you, oh God. And I'm glad in the valleys of our life, in the water brooks, at the brook, we can find some water to help us at the brook. 
But then there are some other places, and there are many that we won't mention tonight in the Word of God, but these are the ones God began to deal with my heart about today. I just want to give them to you and pray that it be a help and an encouragement to you as we go throughout the week, the rest of the week, and the days to come. Uh, It might be that you need some water. Thank God you can find uh, some water at the brook, but I find in Numbers chapter 13 uh, that them men found a witness at the brook. Now what was happening is Moses had sent the spies to spy out the land of Canaan. He said, tell me what you see, bring me a report, and let me know if it is what God had said it was. Now God's already told them it's a good lamb. It's a lamb that's full of milk and honey. It's a large lamb. He said it's a lamb like you've never seen before and I've already given it unto you. But they get the idea that they need to spy it out. They know their enemies in the land and they don't know what to do. He said bring me report again about what the enemies are, whether they're small or great or a few or many, whether they be strongholds or that they dwell in or tents. But he said while you're going, don't just look at the enemy but tell us uh, bring us some evidence about the land the Bible said as they're going they begin to look and and they see all the milk and the honey and the good land and that it's a large land uh, that there's plenty of room for all of them but they get down there in Numbers chapter 13 down by a brook uh, where there's some grapes and it's going to take two men uh, with a staff in between them to bear a cluster of them uh, to bring them back to the camp uh, where Moses is and the Bible said they cut uh, down the grapes at the brook and they named the brook Eshkol uh, which in the Hebrew is interpreted a cluster uh, and they bring the grapes back that they found at the brook to give a witness that what God said was right, what God had promised, they had seen God would do what he said he would do despite what the ten said, despite the evil report, there was a witness that God's word was true. Have you ever felt like in your life uh, that in all the valleys you were in you just needed a witness uh, that God would do what he said he would do uh, I'm not talking about a charismatic work I'm just talking about you needed God uh, to give you something at the brook uh, you found yourself in the valley Oftentimes in the valley we question uh, in the valley we doubt in the valley we're discouraged uh, in the valley we're despondent in the valley we feel despair and ever now and again uh, we just need the Lord uh, to send a witness to remind us again that what he said he would do and that's what they brought back a witness that God said what he said and he meant what he said and he would do what he said and what God had promised was real and it was there and it was available and the whole congregation looked at their witness and still believe they're a part of the ten. And so I'm here to tell you tonight, uh, thank God for the witnesses. Uh, but you can still choose to believe the ten if you want to. But Josh and Caleb uh, said they're bread unto us. Uh, they said it's a piece of cake. Our God's able. Uh, let's go up and possess it. This is the witness God said it was. I'm glad for some witnesses at the book, aren't you? I'm glad for some times in my life I thought about and I was reading today and studying and praying asking the Lord how to meet with us tonight and I really felt like the Lord had given this to me and I don't know if I can give it to you like he gave it to me and I know I'm not in some big high gear but I want to help you tonight I know we're living in discouraging times I know that there's folks in here tonight you feel like you're walking through the valley but I'm telling you quit trying to find your way out 
and start looking for a book that God has for you. You might need a drink of water. You just might need a witness to remind you that God is who He said He is and He can do what He said He'd do. And just start looking for the grapes and get a witness in your valley at the book. I was reading today and I thought about in my mind I traveled back to about the fourth or fifth pew on the right side of the church at Sullen's Branch Baptist Church Brother Terry Pace was behind the pulpit preaching and he's preaching on bringing back the fruit and he's coming back down the aisle and he brought a staff with him and he touched me on the shoulder and said stand up and carry the fruit with me and so I got one into the staff and he got to other and we started walking around the church and he started preaching on bringing back the fruit for your children and handling the fruit well for your children and bringing back the fruit for your church and bringing back the fruit for the community I'm telling you you may need a witness but you might not be the only one and we better handle the fruit well and understand God's telling us even in our valley he's still God and he's able to do what he said he could do and so they found a witness in the, at the brook even in their valley. You may be here tonight. And I thought about, and I'm about done if you give me just a few more minutes. I thought about 1 Samuel 17. Oh, we read a story. And ain't it amazing that the definition of a brook has said that it's a small stream. It's often overlooked. And I'm going to tell you tonight, if you're not careful in the midst of your valley and in mine, while we're longing just to get out, if all we focus on is how quickly we can get out, we might miss the brook that God has for us in the valley. And it may be at the brook He wants to give us some water. It may be at the brook that He wants to give us a witness. But I read in 1 Samuel 17 where the Philistines are on this side of the mountain and the Israelites are on this side of the mountain and there's a valley named Eli in between them and David comes from his father's house bringing some bread and cheese and that Goliath walks out on the battlefield and begins to mock their God and their people and David says what will be done for the man that taketh this uncircumcised Philistine that defied the armies of the living God they tell him he said well I'll go after him Saul tried to give him his armor and his sword David said I've not used these and he essayed to go but he said I have used this sling and I have used this staff and out toward the battlefield he went but down yonder in the valley was a brook where he picked up five smooth stones and he used them to defeat the giant. You say, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying it may be God's put you in the valley to give you the weapon to fight the giant that's coming in your life. That's what David found at the brook. He found a weapon. I begin to think and I don't know how other preachers are. I'm just going to be real honest and confess. I want to, you know, preach real profound and say, well, he found five, so he found grace. He might have found grace, but that ain't what God said to say. God said to tell you he found a weapon. The sling wouldn't have been any good without the stone. And God provided the stone from a brook in a valley and gave him the weapon to defeat the giant that he was facing. 
And so you may be here tonight and you may be looking at a giant nine feet tall like Goliath and thinking, how will I ever overcome? And all the while feeling, well, not only am I facing a giant, but I'm down here in the valley and I can't get out and I can't get a prayer through and I don't know what to do. You might ought to ponder around a while and pan around where you are and look for a book. It might be that God's fixing to equip you. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But Paul said they're mighty through God. That means they're not our weapons, but they're His weapons that He gives to us to face the enemies that are before us. And so it may be tonight that you might be needing the weapon. And so God's put you in the valley to give you a book, to give you your weapon, to face your giant. Could be. I mean, there are a lot of things that I wanted to say tonight. There are a lot of places I wanted to go to. I wanted to preach from Genesis about Jacob because if you read, he was at the brook too when he wrestled with that man. The Bible said he was at the brook. He caused his family to pass over the brook and he remained. So he stayed at the brook and it was there that God wrestled with him and touched him and forever changed his life. There are other brooks Oh, we could think about and the one that comes to mind about everybody, I guess, is over there where God told Elijah to go by the brook. But that ain't the ones God told me to preach about. He told me to preach about this one here in Psalm 42. And he told me to preach about the one in Numbers 13 and 1 Samuel 17. And then I kind of thought it was done. I was winding it up. And God brought my heart to 1 Samuel chapter 30. And it's not a very well-known story. Many of us don't know. It's not something we read very often. But in 1 Samuel chapter 30, we find another book in the Word of God. And that book is by the name Besor. And the word Besor means cheerfulness. But the people that were there were not very cheerful. Matter of fact, if you read from the beginning in 1 Samuel 29 and then into chapter 30, you'll find that David is with his men. There's about 600 of them. They have made a dwelling in a place and they have left it. And while they're gone, the enemies have come at Ziklag and they have taken their wives and their children and they have burned the city with fire and taken everything that David had. And the people speak of stone and David they're blaming him for the plot that they found themselves in and said if it wasn't for you none of us would be here and David's discouraged but David encourages himself in the Lord David begins to pray and he says Lord do we go after him and the Lord says go and so they begin to go and they get to going him and 600 of them and all they can think about is getting their wives and their children back they probably don't even really care about their stuff as long as they can get their wives and their children back and so they begin to pursue and pursue and they travel and they travel but the Bible said they come to a brook and the name of it's be sore and when they get there 200 of them are so faint they can't go on any longer and so David said just stay here by the brook with the stuff and he said the rest of us are going to go on yonder and we're going to see if we can't overtake them because the Lord 
said we could. And so them 200 men stay behind because they're so faint and weak. Go home and read it, 1 Samuel 30. They're so faint they can't go on. They can't go another mile. And David, the king, said it's okay. Just stay by the brook. So while they're behind, staying by the brook, probably feeling like a nobody and feeling like they're letting everybody down. It's not that they don't want to go. It's not that it ain't in them to fight. They're just so weary they can't go on any longer. they got to have some rest. And I guarantee all 200 of them are probably looking around at each other thinking, what are we? A bunch of cowards, a bunch of wimps. We can't even go on with the king. But one of them says, we're so weak. We can't go on. But we'll pray for the 400 that are going on to and the Bible said David and the 400 overcome them and they recover all and I'm going to tell you all means all I don't think there was a piece of change that was taken from Ziklag that wasn't gotten back. They got the wives and the children. They got the horses and the mules and the camels and the oxen. They got all the money, got all the clothes. They recovered it all. And so they come back after their victory. Everybody's shouting. Everybody's victorious. They come in the camp inside of the brook where 200 are staying by the stuff. That's all they can do is just stay at the brook and stay by the stuff. And they come into sight and the 200 see them rejoicing and they start rejoicing. But in the midst of them 400, and I'm telling you what the Bible said in 1 Samuel chapter 30, in the midst of them 400, there's some of them that ain't right in their heart. And they said we ought not give them back their stuff because we didn't, we went and fought and they didn't go fight. All they did was stay here by their stuff and we got their stuff back. We ought to be able to keep our stuff. They ought not be able to get any of their stuff back. They didn't fight for it. And I guarantee you the 200 already feeling bad enough. I mean all these other men have went. And again, I'm saying it's not because they didn't want to go. It's not because they was too lazy to go. It's not because they didn't love their king. But they were just so weak they couldn't go. But David the king hears what they're saying. And he says, y'all be quiet. He said, you give them as much as you got. And somebody had to stay by the stuff. You say, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that you may be so weak in your valley that all you can do is stay by the stuff. You can't fight another march. You can't fight another battle. You can't even go another step. All you can do is stay by the stuff. But I'm telling you, them 200 that stayed by the stuff and was faithful in their calling and faithful in their duty, the Bible said they got a warrior's portion. When all the 400 come back, the king said, you give these as much as you got and not only did he do that but the Bible said he made it a law and put it as a statute that anybody that stayed with the stuff was given what everybody else that fought was given and it's not tonight that we're excusing that there's a big difference between laziness and weariness and I do understand that in these days there are a bunch of lazy Christians I understand that But I'm not preaching about that tonight. I'm preaching about you that's weary. And you feel like you've gone as far as you can go. And you found yourself down in a valley at a brook. 
and you don't know if anything's good is going to come out of it, you just stay with the stuff. You might not be able to go farther at the moment, but don't back up. Just stand your ground. Just be faithful in what God's given you at this moment. That was their command from their king to abide with the stuff, to stay with the stuff, to be faithful with the stuff. And when they were faithful, even though they were too weary to fight, they were given a worthy portion, a warrior's portion at the book. And some men that weren't too cheerful when they got the, to the book the first time, went away from the book real cheerful because of what went on at the book. I'm going to tell you, and I'll say from my own experience, there have been days in my life that I found myself at the brook in my valley and I wasn't too cheerful to be there. But I can also say that there have been some things given to me at the brook that made me leave cheerful even though I didn't come cheerful. I'm glad there have been some brooks in my life I've left different than I came because of what I found at the brook. And I'm going to say it's not to my shame. It's not been in every valley that I found a brook. Many of my valleys I've spent wanting to get out, longing to get out, trying to find a way to get out. But there have been a few valleys that I've found the brook. And I want to say that any time I've ever found the brook in my valley, I've always found exactly what I needed. Whether it was water, whether it was a witness, whether it was weapons, whether it was a warrior's portion, whatever it may be, I'm glad there have been some days it was all I could do to stay by the book. And that's what God commanded Elijah, did He not? To stay by the book. He said, I'll take care of you at the book. So I'm going to tell you tonight, if you found yourself in your valley and at the brook, don't try to get away too quick. Just stay by the brook and see if God won't give you what you need from the brook. The writer said, As the heart panteth after the water brook, so my soul panteth after thee, O God. I'm glad for some water brooks in a dry, barren day. I'm glad for some places in the deepest, darkest valley where I found what I needed for my soul. I come in tonight to the church house. Come up here and sit down as by myself, just me and my family. Nobody else was here yet, and I just sat down. The Lord brought it to my heart. I could hear preacher Hanley Milby singing. And the Lord knew I can't live on a mountain, so He picked out a valley for me. Now I'm going to tell you, not every valley you go through is because you've done something wrong. Not every valley you go through is just because there's no valley you go through is because God's angry with you or trying to get even with you. But many of the valleys you go through, He's just giving you what you need. He knows you can't live. There ain't much grows up on the mountain. Too steep and too rocky. But the soil's real rich down off yonder in the valley. And you'll do your greatest growing if you'll just look for the brook and be content with being in the valley where you are. And I know that's hard to do sometimes, but I was reminded of what old Paul said. He said, He has said, I'll never leave you and never forsake you. He said, So therewith be content in whatever state you're in. Whatever position you find yourself, 
whatever situation you may be in, if you have Him, you can be satisfied in the valley with the brook, knowing that He can give you what you need from the brook in your valley. Thank God tonight for the water brooks that we find in our life. Father, I thank You tonight for the privilege and the opportunity it's been to be able to be in Your